The spring bird migration is my favorite time of year. It's amazing how the right weather can make the birds appear. Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have about different birding topics. We're definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, I want you to remember, there are own opinions, they might be different from yours. So, where is the summer? What is going on? <laughs> right? You know, there's some places that are really hot right now. Is that... I, I think, don't believe it. I think that's, that, there's no way that's true. I think somebody posted <laughs> Michigan was going to have like 100 degree weather. I did see that. I, you're right. Okay. I, I believe you now. I do, I do remember <laughs> seeing, seeing that. Somebody said there, there was a heat, heat advisory in uh, Minnesota, I think. Okay. That's what, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota had, I think, I'm, I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, it was like going to be like 103 or something. Oh my gosh. It and is, we're still in the 50s and it, rainy. Yeah. 50s and 60s and rainy. It, Oregon gets a lot of rain. Washington gets a lot of rain. That's, that's what we're known for. That's what we're known for. That's what we get. We farm rain. We farm rain. Yeah. Any, anyone in the country that wants rain, you, it's exported from Oregon. Yes. Um, but it's this is a lot more than usual. We're, this is this is unusually high. I just can't take it anymore. That's fine. It's, it's it, It'll lower our wildfire risk for one year. Yeah, and then that's next, true. Everything will grow and the next year it'll be way higher. I know, but we'll, I'm getting we'll a little sick of it. Yeah. So, um, uh, before, <laughs> I wanted to give a little update on my New Year's goal because we're about halfway through the year. Actually, I think today is recording. This is like the halfway mark of the year. Literally halfway. Um, so if you remember, my New Year's goal was to not spend as much time playing on my phone or watching TV and spend more time reading. And I can't say that I have spent less time watching screens because I haven't been tracking it. Um, but I have finished more books this year so far. Which Doing a lot better than me. I'm really excited about. Um, I love to read. I just, you know, I feel like I never carve out a, carve out time to read. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I just finished a, fav- a great book by my favorite author, Carl Safina, called Beyond Words, What Animals Think and Feel. And it was just an absolutely fabulous read. So I encourage anybody to pick that up if you are into that kind of um, reading. Uh, it was totally just engrossing. You know, I, I couldn't get your attention away from it sometimes. I know. So, so there's um, that. <laughs> and then uh, my next book, which I just started yesterday and I can't put down, is called Woman Watching, Louise de Caroline uh, Lawrence and the Songbirds of Pimacy Bay by Marilyn Simmons. Um, it's a brand new book that came out. I was on the, (laughs) I, I saw it online somewhere that was for sale. And so I put it in my Amazon cart and it wasn't even out yet. And then as soon as it was, it was out, Mm -hmm. they shipped it to us. So that's, yeah, it's brand new. (laughs) I'm excited about it, but I'm already 50 pages in. She hasn't even gotten to the birds at all, but it's just an absolutely fabulous read also. And, you know, it's about a woman birder who has lived a really fascinating life. So I'm excited about reading it that and so i hope you all are doing well in your new year's goals eric how's yours coming i don't remember what my goal was so (laughs) so that's about as good as it's going you need to listen back to january (laughs) i do need to go back if anyone remind remind remembers what it is and can save me the time of going back and listening like i think it was like working out more it might it might have been i i am definitely not working out more (laughs) i am definitely in significantly worse shape than i was even in january (laughs) i need I need to get get back on that horse. Okay, your happier goal. My <laughs> happier goal. Yeah. If that was my goal, I, I'm failing miserably, and I need to I need to step it up. Well, I'm succeeding. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other piece of news um, was that on this Friday morning. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, tomorrow morning 
at least our time, 6 a.m. our time um, on the Oregon coast. Pacific time. Yeah, Pacific. Um, I think it's 9 p.m. in uh, China where it's being broadcasted. But anyway. Is there only one time zone in China? I, I doubt it. I feel like they're large enough to have like three time zones. Yeah, I'm just not entirely sure. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I'll be on a panel with the Asian Bird Fair Lecture Series talking about the International Conference for Women Birders that will take place in Kampala, Uganda in December 2023. And it will be streamed on Facebook, so I would imagine it would be live there on their Facebook account, the Asian Bird Fair yeah. Facebook account um, afterwards. And we'll post it on our Facebook too, so if you want to go back and listen to it, please do so to learn more about the International Conference for Women Birders. And also for, um, for about the conference, that things are coming together for that. Hannah's Hannah's on the board putting that together. So if you don't have anything to do December twenty twenty three, um, and you have the ability to get over to Kampala, um, Uganda, it's a three three day conference plus lots of different companies are offering pre and post trips mm-hmm. on either side of it. So you get to go see the country if you if you can get hooked up with one of those tours. And Eric regularly talks about how Uganda was like the eye opening <laughs> trip. I mean, we've been on, you know, a handful of trips before that. It, it wasn't our first international trip by any means. Like we have done lots and lots of trips, but that was the trip that it's like, okay, that trip kind of ruined me for like every other trip. <laughs> so, so Uganda was pretty awesome. Yeah. Make sure you can get there if you, <laughs> if you can. So Hannah's got a new episode out last week. Um, this is with, all about Hannah. It's all about Hannah. This yeah. this is the Hannah and Eric Go Birding Hannah edition. Um, <laughs> Women Birders Happy Hour. What what? Who'd you interview last episode? So I interviewed Lisa Shibley, who's one of my great friends from uh, the Northeast, and she is she was supposed to be on the the women's birder team with yeah. me and. Um, Champions of the Flyway. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to make it, but we still talked about our experiences in birding, and I made a cocktail that was a verdin, and it was delicious. So <laughs> check that out. And then Eric, what's it look like for our upcoming travel? So we, what is this? We're only like three weeks away now. Oh my gosh, from, I'm so excited. From flying over to the UK, going yes. to bird fair. Our first time ever going to bird fair. Pretty, pretty darn excited. It's Predicted to be a little bit smaller than uh, past bird fairs, but even even if it's a shadow of its uh, former years, 2019, when it, whenever the last one was, it's still, uh, I'm, I'm anticipating it's going to be pretty spectacular. Yeah, I'm and pretty they, darn excited. they just put out the schedule the other day um, of speakers, so <laughs> that was really cool. You know, we, there's some people on there that we recognize, so yeah. excited about that. And thank you to everyone who's sent us um, information about birding in England. Uh you know, we're going to have a rental car and we're not going to sleep the whole time because we're going to be <laughs> touring the country as much as we can from uh, Rutland as our home base. Yes. So, and, and we mentioned, I think in our last episode, wanting to go see puffins and razor bills and stuff like that. And we are aware that it's like two and a half hours to the coast. Like that's, it's going to be a long drive. Totally worth it. It's, it'll be totally worth it because <laughs> there's not, not a lot of lifers we're expecting to get in like inland England. So Going out to the coast, I think, is going to be our best bet. So I think one, one day we'll take a drive all the way out there. And it is a little bit late. We realized that, too, you know, with our puffins. Like, one day they're there, the next day they're not. Yeah. Uh, but we're still going to give it a shot. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, go Definitely. out there and see if we can find them. So very excited about that. And then our last piece of news is uh, announcing our Bird Nerd winner giveaway, Eric. <laughs> do you want to announce the winner of this fabulous prize pack, courtesy of the Valley Nature Center, who we asked folks to send us what their dream optics would be? Yeah, so we, we received a whole bunch of stuff. Some stuff 
far far off the wall some stuff that was just like my next spotting scope. It said so all all across the board. Um, so John Hardy, who said uh, his a Maven S point S point one A twenty five to fifty by eighty spotting scope. So I mean, it's got it's got a lot of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be good. It's got to be good. So Maven, Maven's a great brand. It's, I've, I've never, I've never actually owned a Maven, but we've, we've handled them. Yeah. At, so at festivals, a lot of um, responses were Zeiss, Swaro, Maven, mm-hmm. is what we've heard. Oh yeah. Which you know, Maven. I think the first time we went to the Rio Grande Valley Festival, they had a booth there, yeah, and I that, thought that's was, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, then. I thought it was yeah. really cool because they had like interchangeable pieces, so like you could custom create your own binoculars that were like funky colors mm-hmm. um i haven't really heard a lot about them since but i mean there were there, a lot of responses there was a lot of responses saying maven so yeah if maven's still around making making quality i imagine optics, they are they've, they've got to be because people are still talking about them yeah but if they're not around they definitely did a good marketing yeah, to, right. to get everyone knows about them yeah and so there were a lot of uh futuristic <laughs> items that eric mentioned kind of yeah so like self-cleaning binoculars zero gravity you know wishless items so yeah. i really hope some hinted bino manufacturers are paying close attention to our facebook page to see what the people out there want this is what the people want this is what they want they want self-cleaning they want zero gravity. <laughs> they want. I think there was there was a couple that were like tripling the magnification of what they have, but they're stabilizing. Like there was lots of there's lots of different. There options was like that people want one that follows me around, you know, like a robot. Yeah, so, so you don't even have to carry it. Yeah, there there was lots of different uh, things. So if any of the optics companies are out there, there are indeed departments. Departments. Yeah. If they're if they're out there, they scroll through the answers that we got. That's. That's what you need to put your money into. But we have a trademark, though, so you need to pay us. <laughs> Finder, though... Finder's fee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we found what the people want. Now, now you guys do it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what we brought you all here to talk about today was the spring chirp. Yes, the main story. So, Hen and I lived in the Rio Grande Valley. You guys have heard you, you all guys, of this. You guys know it. We've been doing so, four seasons of Rio Grande Valley Burning Festival. <laughs> exactly. So Hannah guided for um, for a number of years there. I've guided for like two years less yeah. than Hannah. And we, so we, we, knew, we know the field trip coordinator. We know a lot of the people involved in the festival down there. But in recent years, a new festival has sprung up in the spring. So Rio Grande's in the fall. So this is a new festival in the spring. That um, is a little bit smaller, a little bit, it's a boutique festival. And um, Holly Johnston is the coordinator of that festival. She has been asking us for a couple of years now, like, we need to get you down for spring chirp. We need to get you down for spring chirp. And finally, this year, it worked out. We were, we were it fit into the schedule. We were able to make it down. So we went. Yeah. And um, Holly is the executive director of Valley Nature Center which is a really cool nature center in Westlaco, Texas. Mm-hmm. So right in the middle of the Rio Grande Valley. And so she coordinates this, like Eric said, and it's a lot of work. Um, there This year when we went, there was only 30 participants. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of care goes into to what everyone wants specifically. So um, just if you want to participate in the spring chirp, just know that like you're going to get to know everybody really well and Holly is there for you. She um, did recruit a lot of people for the festival from the San Diego Burning Festival and uh, at Rio Grande also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's really cool that you can go to, like, San Diego Bird Festival, see Holly there, and then you're going to see her at, at yeah. this festival in Westlaco. So you know everybody. I guess what I'm saying is it's really personal. Yeah, so it was... It was almost 
a transition size between a tour, a group tour, mm-hmm. and a birding festival. Yeah. So it's almost had the same a lot of the same dynamics as a group tour, a group guided tour, but it was like just a little bit bigger. So you didn't you weren't necessarily with the same exact people every day. Mm-hmm. You, you you it may have swapped up a little bit each day or you could have been with the same people. It, it kind of depended on which field trips you chose because there was a number of field trips. I think there was like five five or six field trips per day going to different places. So you, you, you could have been with one cohort the whole time or kind of swapped it up a little bit. So like I said, it, it was similar to a large a large group guided trip, mm-hmm. but just a little bigger. So yeah. I thought I thought it was a really a whole a unique style of bird festival that we'd never we've never guided at before. Yeah, and something that I'd never really been exposed to or yeah. thought of before. And that's what I thought was really cool. So, um, like Eric said, you know, it's like you're hanging out with a larger cohort mm-hmm. that you see just a couple people during your tour um every day. Uh this year it was held from April twenty eighth through the thirtieth, so just a couple days. Next year I think it's April nineteenth is when it starts. Uh so it's a little earlier in the year. But just getting into it, you know, day zero. Before the festival. (laughs) Before the festival. (laughs) We uh, got to Harlingen, which is our airport of choice flying in and out of the Rio Grande Valley. It's a little bit bigger and has uh, more connections. Um, So By by bigger, you mean it has four runways instead of two. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I guess four gates, not runways. Four gates instead of two gates. Yeah. Still just one runway. So we got down there. uh, Huck, one of the volunteers from Estero, he picked us up. You know, took us over to the the venue, dropped us off. We got a chance to say hi to everybody and mm-hmm. orient ourselves. And then we were like, "Hey, this van needs to be gassed up. You want to gas it up and go to Astero?" <laughs> and we were like, "Sure, anything to see Chachalacas, yes. I will do." Let's go birding. It's afternoon birding. I think we we didn't get out out birding until it was like six thirty. I think o'clock. so. Yeah. yeah. But still, we went to go gas up the van, and we happened to swing by Astero on the way. <laughs> I mean, we stayed at the. I, I can't remember what kind of hotel it was. Was it Holiday Inn? It's just down the road from uh, from Asterion mm-hmm. Grande in Westlaco. Yeah. So right off the highway. Everything was really easily accessed from that, that hotel. And oh, they yeah. also had a conference room too, which is really handy. Yeah. So it was, it was a nice meeting room for everything. And then also that it's just super, it was super close to Valley Nature Center, super close to Astero. And Westlaco is almost, I, I don't know if it's, like Harlingen is where the fall festival is, yeah. And then Westlaco is um, like 40, 30 minutes west mm-hmm. of Harlingen, so it's it's in between McAllen it's, and it's Harlingen. A li- it's in between McAllen and Harlingen. It's a little bit less convenient to get to the beach, but only like a little bit less convenient. Yeah, you don't have to deal with getting on and off of that whole giant confusing interchange in Harlingen. Yeah, which I appreciate because I know I've missed the exit. Yeah, seriously, that that exit is a it's a. Confusing jumble sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So we got to Estero, you know, didn't really see anything too exciting that first day. Just had a chance to, like, remember all of the bird calls <laughs> down there. And remember, I, I don't know about you, but when I, you know, see a long-billed thrasher or something like that, after not having seen one for six months, mm-hmm. I just, like, stand there and just stare at it in the awe and the beauty of these species that I have come to love so much. <laughs> Yeah, so we we birded we birded for a while. We birded basically till sunset. Yeah. It, it got it got too dark to to see much more. So then we were like, well, let's go let's go get some dinner. Let's get um, let's try a new taco place. Yeah, and, and Nana's was closed, so we couldn't go to Nana's. Yeah, that, that was the main impetus for trying a new taco place. Is that <laughs> the place we normally go was closed. <laughs> so we just like typed in tacos, and uh, we found this place called Don Biria Tacos Amas. 
Yep. Which was like, it looked like a former gas station, right? Yeah, was, I, I, that's definitely what it looked like. It had, it still had the the thing outside where the gas pumps would be, yeah. like the whole awning and everything. So it, it was a former gas station in, in a past life, that building. And it was kind of funny because like it, it, they had table service inside. Yeah. And so we like sat down inside and, you know, we got something to like a, a soda or something to drink, like mm-hmm. Sprite. And then the guy comes over to take our order. And I can't remember what, what did you order? I really don't remember. It was, it was like good. street tacos or something. It was some sort of street tacos, yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I think I want the lonches. And he was like, no, I think you want the birria tacos. I was like, no, I think I want the lonches. And he's like, well, I'm going to bring you the birria tacos. <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's not what I ordered, but okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's the name of the restaurant, you know? So it was like, okay, well, I'll just... I'll go with it. Yeah. And so we got them, and they were fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I would have got them instead of what I got. I wanted the lunches. <laughs> <laughs> we got lunches later in the trip. No, I know, but I wanted to try their lunches yeah. to see what they were like, because they've only ever had nanos. Um, but anyways, they were fantastic. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. But it was kind of like a deep fried taco um, yeah. with cheese on it. Like, it was really messy. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then, and then it had, had like, like that sauce. It had like sauce. That, that, the aju or something that you were dipping it in. No, it, that was basically the same stuff that it was like deep fried in. It was like they dipped it in the stuff, deep fried it, and then they served it with that sauce. And they gave again. you some more of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it was really good. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was just like, why didn't he let me get the lunch? <laughs> so that was just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that was good. That was awesome. So it was time to go to bed. Um, we had to get up early. The, the day one of the festival was about to begin for us. Um, we were going to be headed out um, for a little bit longer of a drive. Not not super long, but kind of a medium, medium-ish drive. So we needed some sleep. So went to bed, got up, and uh, had breakfast at the hotel. Which was really good. Yeah. So, and I don't think we mentioned it, but the... every Basically, everything at the festival is included, and that's kind of what draws it, makes me think more of a group... Uh, group tour mm-hmm. is that your food's included um, breakfast lunch and dinner and then uh most of the tours are included some of them you did have to pay extra for yeah, like going to uh, the king ranch exactly yeah. but i think you know four out of five of the trips every day was was included was in the included price. in the price that uh, the, the initial ticket price for for paying to be a part of the festival yeah so so we had breakfast at the hotel, um, met with our some of our group um, at breakfast, um, talked to them for a little bit, and then it got time to leave. So we loaded up in the 15-passenger van, which all of the trips are in passenger vans or minivans, kind of mm-hmm. depending on how big it is. Um, and we started to head out to our first destination, um, or our, headed out to our target destination of Laguna Atascosa. But in the meantime, before we get to Laguna, we made a pit stop, because um, when, when you're going out that direction... There's there's a known location for Aplomato Falcons. Oh yeah. That you always have to you you always have to stop even if it's no matter what time of year I feel like I always want to stop there and look and see, <laughs> and see if we can see something. Which spring is a great time to see them there. So we we stopped at the viewing spot, the Hacking Tower, and they were there. Yeah. We had both two two adult individuals that were there. One was out on a tree out out in the open. Another one was inside the box. So we got everyone on it. It was really, really good looks. So and there was, was Metal awesome. Lark singing, so that Metal was pretty singing. cool. Yeah. So if you're going out to go look at the Aplomato Falcon Station, yeah. um, it's really easy to just drive past it on the highway. It's oh, yeah. High, uh, highway 100 yeah. on the way out to South Padre Island. And there is like this little tiny parking lot 
off the side of the highway. and Like a 50-foot by 50-foot parking lot. Yeah, so you really need to look at eBird and then, like, on, you know, find the Apple Motto spot on eBird and mm-hmm. then click the directions and have your phone take you to that direction. Yeah. Because it's, like I said, just super easy to bypass it. And also, it's really important to have a spotting scope. Like, w- before Eric and I really knew what we were doing when we went there, we didn't have a spotting scope and we didn't see it flying anywhere and we are like, okay, well, I guess it's not here. And then another group pulled up and got the spotting scope on it, and it was like, oh, It's okay. right there in the tower. Yeah. Or in the box. Yeah, so um, it's one of those kind of things that if you know what you're doing, then you can be successful, but if not, it can be kind of frustrating. So from there, we headed off to Laguna Arascosa, our um, target location for the morning. And uh, that is just an amazing refuge. It's 120,000 acres. You know, we've been there a handful of times in the, with the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival and mm-hmm. also just on our own. It is a huge place, and there's a lot to see in it. Um, a lot of it is walking um, through the... Or biking. Through the refuge, yeah. Um, but there are a couple spots that you can drive to. Yeah, so there's there's a couple things to know, like a couple big things to know about it. So it's the best place in the United States, or the only place left in the United States, I, I'm not sure which, to see ocelots, mm-hmm. which we've never seen one there, but they're extremely endangered. Yeah. So not, not a surprise that we haven't seen one. It's a medium-sized wildcat, medium to small-sized wildcat. Beautiful cats, but they're, they're, not doing, they're not doing too great in terms of conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that it's the number one wildlife refuge in the country for bird diversity. So 417 species have been recorded there, which I think blows all the other ones out of the water. Oh, totally. Um, and then the third thing is if you do go there, remember that literally every single plant in Texas has thorns and wants to poke you, Yeah, (laughs) including your bike tire. Yeah. So there's signs all over the place to bring extra inner tubes, bring the goo for your filling up your tires, all that stuff. Yeah. So just make sure you've got all that stuff for your bike. Otherwise you, you could be walking your bike. All the way back from wherever wherever you got to. See, that's why I'd never recommend bike riding out there because I I know that would happen to me. Yeah, but I mean, as long as you prepare yourself, you have an extra inner tube, you have the, the gooey, goat, gross, sticky stuff. I just know that if I put that extra inner tube in there, then it's going to pop again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, it's a fantastic refuge. Uh, get a, you know, go out there and check things out. For yourself if you ever get a chance mm-hmm. um so when we got there we stopped at the visitor center yeah as one normally does because there are some feeding stations there and that's a good place to um you know just get acquainted with some of the local species like the green jays and the kiskadees thrashers uh chachalacas yeah and we actually spent a lot more time walking around the headquarters than i normally would mm-hmm. um which was was great you know we had a chance to see some of the woodpeckers a little bit closer yeah um, olive sparrows, lots yeah. of tons of olive sparrows. Oh, they sparrows were calling like crazy, nonstop. Yeah. So, from from the visitor center, we head in. There's there's really only one road to drive into yeah. into the park, and it drives up to the Osprey Overlook mm-hmm. or into the park. It's a refuge, not a park. Yeah, refuge. Sorry. Um, so we 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 started up that. Um, on our way up into it, the, one of the target species we were looking for which we were had our eyes glued onto the sides of the road for it was Greater Roadrunner, mm-hmm. and we were just. Like, every single corner, we could, we'd be like, okay, we'll sneak around this corner. Nothing. All right. Sneak around this corner. Nothing. Okay. All right. The whole time. We, we get to we get to the nice, nice wide overlook area, which I've never really stopped in this, 
It's just before you get to the Osprey Overlook. So yeah. there's it's it's like a little dike section. Mm-hmm. I think it refers to it as a pond on the Ebert hotspots. I'm not I'm not positive. Well, there's kind of like two ponds. <laughs> yeah, one on the north side, one on the south side. There. Yeah, that was really good. It was. There, everything was distant, but ton, tons of birds to be seen. Yeah, a lot it's of ibis, a lot definitely of Definitely worth getting out of, the, out of the car for a few minutes there. It's it's kind of narrow, so you have to kind of park to the side and then be ready to move your car if somebody comes. But we spent some time there, got ton, tons of good, lots of turns flying around, least mm-hmm. turns and... I think there were foresters. I think there was foresters, and I think there was a royal also yeah. flying around out there. They're really, really nice. Um, really nice looks at all that stuff before hitting the Osprey Overlook, which... No ospreys. <laughs> I, I'm always disappointed when a, we go to a thing that's called a thing and we don't see what it's called named after. Uh-huh. It's, it's disappointing for me. I'm sorry. That's okay. Just make sure to name your things wisely, everyone, because Eric's going to come and criticize it. I'll criticize it. No. Um, just name it a ridiculously common species, like, oh, this is the pigeon overlook or something. <laughs> this is the sparrow walk. Well, most of the places, like, they're usually named after a thing. Not not always, but a lot of times they're named after a thing that was common when, when the place was built. Yeah. And then the osprey nest moved. Yeah, now, that's true. Now you can't move the tower to go near the osprey nest. Yeah, so. and you can't rename it because everybody knows it's osprey Because everyone knows it's osprey overlook, yeah. Yeah, so whatever. It's arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got there, uh, had a couple, you know, good looks at different heron species. Yeah egrets and uh i think there was another turn that was just kind of flying through some coots in the water and then we all got really good looks at an olive sparrow there was like an eye height it came out and hung out screamed at us a little screamed right at our faces it was it was really nice so at this point this is where we would normally go off the beaten path and kind of go into a um an off-limits area um with festivals but because this is kind of coming out of covid there's there was some uh understaffing issues at the refuge there have been some change of management um, we weren't able to get those so normally for for a trip like this you would go around the north side of the lake and then come down the west side and get, mm-hmm. meet back up at the road but uh but unfortunately because of everything going on in the world um it, was, it wasn't a possibility this time so since it was getting a little bit warmer we decided let's go and hit the island let's go Try see see if we can get some more mi- more migrating species out there. And that's one of the things that I really liked about this festival is that we we did have um, the ability to be a little some uh, flexibility. Yeah, some flexibility in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mary was just like, "Hey, you know, go out, go bird, make people happy, make the people happy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went and did that. Uh, we headed off towards the island, but first off. We wanted to head to this one spot that we'd been to earlier, or at the last burning yeah. festival, which is the Holly we, Beach Road. Yeah, we, we, it's been a spot. It's not like we discovered it, but we discovered <laughs> it for ourselves. I don't think anything in the Valley's been, disco- you no, know, no, been no, discovered no. in the last handful of years. Yeah, exactly. Everything's been around Everybody forever. knows everywhere. Yeah, but we went to this spot, the Port Isabel Reservoir and Holly Beach Road. It is a spectacular shorebird spot. It's even better in the fall, but it's really good in the spring. And we went out there, we had eight species of shorebirds just out there, really easy to get, all feeding, all being very active, including a really weirdly postured Wilson's fowler rope. I've never seen a fowler rope walk around on land and feed. It yeah. Was, it was fascinating. He's like... <laughs> Crouched sta- down. He's standing legs straight, and then he's like curled all the way down, or I guess she was curled all the way down, head like tilted, like upside down, trying to like sift out of the sand. Yeah, it was it was a really weird posture. It was all of us stood there and stared at it for probably fifteen minutes. It took me like a minute or two to like really realize what it was because yeah. we're used to the fowler ropes doing just the whole swimming spinning thing. in circles. Yeah, 
Um, we did forget to mention something about Laguna Atascosa that you oh. foreshadowed towards. Uh, when we were going in, you oh, know, we were looking yes. for the Roadrunners because somebody in on, on the trip really wanted a Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. And then on the way out, Roadrunner. Boom. On our way out. And uh, like the whole time we were talking about it, we're like, this is where we see Roadrunners. We see Roadrunners <laughs> on the roads in Laguna. Yeah. Like, you, you're going in and out of Laguna Atascosa, you see them, and boom, on the road. Literally, like, I think it was like the last bird that we saw yeah. as we're leaving the refuge. <laughs> so they delivered. And actually, right after that, there was a coyote. Walking down oh, the road, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I so we're forgot all, about the coyote. So we're all making Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner <laughs> jokes the whole time. Um, so, yeah. So we did Holly Beach Road. You know, great little stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the other side of it, you can see some spoonbills every once in a while. Yeah. Um, if you go down the road a little Crested bit further. Crested Caracaras. It was... It, it's, a, it's a good spot. Oh, there was a Crested Caracara that was walking... Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it wasn't flying. It was, like, I've... That's the... I feel like that's the longest I've seen a Crested Caracara walk for... <laughs> It's like very awkwardly just. It was kind of like a hundred, like a hundred feet. It walked towards. Yeah, at least a hundred feet. Yeah, so that was fun, Um, but yeah, a lot of great shorebirds there. I think there were snowy plovers. There was Mm -hmm. Wilson plovers. There was the baby snowy plovers too. Oh, there was. Yeah, yeah, the little little little, little tiny puffballs just running around, following the parents around. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, from there we headed off to the island mm-hmm. and our first stop was the Burden Center because it was getting to be close to lunchtime. I was hungry and I, I assumed if I was hungry, everyone else was probably was hungry starting. too. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, Burden Center is one of our favorite places that I think they, they changed their name. So it's like the South Padre Island Birding Nature and Alligator Sanctuary or something. It's a Birding and, Birding and Nature Center and Alligator Sanctuary. There you go. Yeah. And then the sea turtles... Places right next to it. Yeah. You got all your animals right there. All the animals. It's just, it's becoming a whole end of the island now. They're going to like make it into an aquarium, the whole thing (laughs) over there. Anyways, um, so that location is great. You know, we've talked about that a number of times too, but it was uh, fantastic to be able to just sit on the deck and enjoy lunch. Everybody Mm -hmm. could take their time. You know, there are restrooms there. And there was also a great Texas Birding Classic team that was doing a big sit. So we yeah. kind of enmeshed ourselves into that and um, helped a little bit or yeah, hurt I, I, a little I, bit. I don't know. No, I, I think we helped him because I think, what was it? It was... Uh, there was a black pole that I got him. Well, and there was also black and white because they, they were really low on warblers that day. Oh. So there's a black and white that I, I noticed and I pointed out to pointed out to our group. And then uh, Alicia noted, she heard me saying, saying it to um, to our group and she's like, is that a black and white? And I was like, yeah. And so then I like kind of pointed where it was at. And then she got her, her whole uh, um, birding classic team onto it. So nice. Then, so then they were able to add, add to their species for the day. And so I, I got a species for our team or for our team, our group. <laughs> it's, a team. it's a team. It was a team. We were a team together. <laughs> and then, yeah, so lot, lots of bird species that like th- things were kind of weird with migration this year. But mm-hmm. it was it was really interesting to to stop at a place that's a known migration hotspot, a known known warbler hotspot. Not a ton of warblers that day, but we I think we had like seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. Well, and the black pole was really good. Yeah, I the black thought. pole was really good looks at it. And uh, I got the team on that. And, you <laughs> the know. Team. Their our team? team? No, 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 their no, team. Their oh, okay. Team. I thought you were no, talking about No, I got our team on there, too. <laughs> um, but, you know, that spot is just so great because people can go off and look at what they want to look at and it's mm-hmm. it's all it's all right there you know like one of our participants he wanted to get some good pictures of the warblers so yeah. he was really focused on that little feeding area on uh the 
the south side of it. Yeah. Like getting pictures of warblers and yeah, we walked the the deck a little bit. We got some green herons that had nests, so that was really neat. Yeah, Everybody got to see the alligators. Oh no, it was just it, there was the adult that was like holding onto the sticks and it was just like awkwardly like swinging it around. Yeah, but there was two nests that had babies in it yeah. too. Or chicks. Yeah. I shouldn't say babies. Um, so that was, that was a really great spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always a great spot. It's always good. So, um, it was time at that point to head back and, uh, part of this festival being smaller and boutique and flexibility <laughs> and everything, we stopped at Dairy Queen on the way back. Yes, got some ice cream. Yes, because it was getting really hot and, uh, headed back to Westlaco. Yeah, so we ended ended that day, um, ended that portion of birding the day. Ninety three species, ninety three awesome species. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. I I think everyone had a great time. We had a great time, um, but the day wasn't over. We still had some stuff to do. So we got back to the hotel, took a little bit of a break, kind of cooled off, showered, and then we loaded everyone back up to go over to the Valley Nature Center because that's where dinner was and the presentation for this evening. Which I feel like there's somebody familiar that did that presentation that night. Hmm. It was one very attractive woman and one very handsome man. I, I don't know who you could possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so we had some really incredible burgers and fries from a local restaurant that, you know, had them over. Uh, so we all had like a boxed meal. Yeah. And then Eric and I gave the presentations. Yes. That's who I was talking about. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so we gave a presentation about different ways in which we can help the birds, which, yeah. you know, we weren't sure how people were going to take that. Uh, we talked about, you know, window strikes and cats and, and all that stuff that we can do to help the birds. But then folks had really good questions afterwards, wanted yeah. more resources. So I think we might have did a good job. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it was at least adequate. I, mean, yeah. I hope we entertained throughout the rest of dinner. That's, I think we did. That's the important part. People seem engaged. Nobody fell asleep. Yeah, no, that's true. Nobody fell asleep. We have had people fall asleep during presentations before, so. <laughs> but not because of us, because it was hot. It was hot and it was after field trips, which yeah. this was after field trips, but they had the AC working, so. <laughs> um, so the next day, we basically ran the same exact route. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, they, like I said, we were supposed to have that access to the backside, so they put us on it to try to, like, put one one crew on it the whole time so that. They didn't have to give out the gate code multiple times. Yeah. But because of COVID and all that and stuff. And we were trustworthy enough to be selected as uh, the lucky two. Trustworthy. Sure. I, I don't usually associate my name with trustworthiness, but <laughs> sure. Um, so we basically ran the same route. Um, we hit up Laguna. We hit up the Apamano Falcon. We went out to the island. It was it was great. We had a, a few a few less species, but I think it was just a lot less eyes. You know, the one thing that I really enjoyed about that second day mm-hmm. was driving from the... Um, the conference center, the South Padre Island Convention Center, yeah. that, which is a fantastic birding spot. Um, there's a little beach in bet- just oh, north of yeah. that in between the conference center and um, some houses. Mm-hmm. And we've always like looked out at it. You know, we stood in the parking lot, binoculars up, but it's hard to see because th- there's like an intense heat, heat salt shimmer oh, yeah. down there. Yeah. And also... Um, just because things were kind of farther away. And so we actually drove out there this time, which we've never done before. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, it, it worked great. I think we need to drive out there more. Because oh, yeah. it was, you could get a lot closer. Yeah. And still still not spook the birds. Mm-hmm. Be able to stay a couple hundred feet away from them, but get up to that point where you're only a couple hundred feet away rather than being a thousand feet. And we got some new species because we did that. Yeah. So we're, we'll definitely have to remember that for the 
if we have to do the big day this again this year. Yeah, have to if we get to. If we're <laughs> selected for yes. the big day. Yeah, so there was a, f- a few different changes. Um, I think the most notable change is that we had like six greater roadrunners. Oh, that's true. That, that, that was the most notable change. Um, we got a, I got a bunch of good photos. The um, the guy that was with us got a bunch of good photos. So it was it was a really good day at Laguna for roadrunners. Yeah, the second day. Yeah, and then that evening, um, you know, same routine, we went over to the Valley Nature Center, Mm -hmm. which, you know, the Valley Nature Center is such a cool place, too, to wander around. So everybody had a chance to go wander around a little bit before dinner was served. Uh, That evening, we had a fantastic Italian dinner with some really great tiramisu Mm -hmm. um, to to munch on while we were listening to the presentation. And that evening was our friend Justin LeClaire talking about the work that he does on islands um kind of in the mid mid coast i guess of texas or... yeah, they work all up and down upper lower and, and mid coast um along along the whole coastal bend and he's they were the, were the projects he was specifically talking about were just basically around the galveston area but there yeah. was they they the company he works for spans the whole the whole region and they were he was talking about creating and restoring breeding habitat and islands for seabirds yeah in those areas so that was really you know interesting and hopeful and yeah, I, yeah especially with the successes that they've had yeah like, it's significant increases in nesting birds on some of these islands so then after Justin's presentation, we went out to try to find parrots. Mm-hmm. For We didn't spend that long because um, it was already getting dark, but we had parrots flying overhead like immediately when we walked outside. Yeah. And <laughs> we didn't even have to drive anywhere. Didn't have to drive anywhere. They were just literally right there. So parakeet, green parakeets, red crown parrots. I think there was a lilac crown parrot yeah, there was. that was like one block away from Valley Nature Center. So uh-huh. you, you really don't have to go very far. If you, if you, if you only have one stop, Valley Nature Center... Is just down the road from Estero. Like you hit Estero in the morning, you hit Valley Nature Center in the evening, and you get a ton of Valley specialties. Mm-hmm. So, pretty pretty good. So our last day, the last day of the festival, day three of the festival, we got to go somewhere else. It was <laughs> H- Hannah's old stomping grounds. Yep. We headed up to the McAllen Mission area. Our first stop was Benson Rio Grande Valley. Which, of course, is one of my favorite places to go because I did work there um, for a little while. And, you know, it was a little too late in the season for the feeding stations. I think it was like a week after, right? Was, I think the yeah, week before something like that. Stopped, yeah. yeah, so they stopped feeding at the feeding stations um, because cow, uh, cowbirds mm-hmm. will come in and they can just really do some damage onto, um, you know, local species like green jays. They... There was a study I read like in the 80s that green jays almost went extinct or, you know, were almost extirpated from a park because of cowbirds or something. So anyways, um, that's one of the reasons why. But also because the birds can just find their own food elsewhere. Um, Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) um, So we got to Benson, checked over the the entrance area, you know, the the headquarters area. Um, Some good things there. Saw some Orioles and green jays and... All that stuff. And then we walked into the nature center, got our chachalacas and doves and things like that. And the blue spiny lizards on the way in. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of them. Tons of them all over the the wall as you first walk in. They were on the side of the building, the nature center building. Mm -hmm. Lots of blue spiny lizards that day. Yeah, and those are pretty cool. Um, They're also a great food source for things like greyhawks. Greyhawks, yeah. Not greyjays. Ooh. (laughs) That'd be cool to get greyjays. I mean, that would be... (laughs) They might. Who knows? Greyjays. Um, but anyways, so then from there we walked down to the, the Rosaka. Yeah. 
which was great because that's where we got our green kingfisher, which yes. is a, definitely a species that everybody wants oh, to yeah. see. Oh, yeah. It was a target for the day, too. A lot, of, a lot of people were like, I really need to see a green kingfisher. Yeah, and it just kind of buzzed on past us. <laughs> we did get it in the scope, It was, but it, where it landed was like as far as you can see. On the on the lake as it curls around the corner, mm-hmm. so it was like this the smallest kingfisher, mind you, the smallest kingfisher in the states, and it's like a half mile away. <laughs> so it was a very very tiny bird out there at the end. Um, we also had a couple gray hawks, so you know that's a great species to yep. to get there too. Some young um, ones, some old ones. Yeah, <laughs> and then more blue spiny lizards that were on the um, pavilions there. So everybody mm-hmm. got a good look at that. Um, from there we hit the bathrooms and then we headed off to the Hawk Tower because yeah, loaded that up is in the amazing. hourly tram. Yep. And at the Hawk Tower, we ran into the Hawk counter, John Kay, who gave us, you know, kind of a rundown of what's happening and mm-hmm. what he'd been seeing for the year. Um, it was getting towards the end of the Hawk migration. So things had dwindled down a lot, but one of the cool things about the Hawk Tower. Um, so when I worked there, the, there's a Rosaka in front of it. So Rosaka is an Oxbow Lake. Um, that is essentially a lake that's in a U-shape. And the Rosaka down there wasn't always filled. So they do have to pump water into some of them to keep them flooded. Mm-hmm. And that Rosaka hadn't been flooded in a number of years because, you know, just varying factors prevented it from happening. But they eventually got their, their stuff together and they were able to flood it. And it has just become an oasis. Yeah. It yeah. was so loaded down with you know, birds and tall vegetation for things to hide in and red-winged blackbirds calling. Yeah, it's incredible. Ver- Verdon's calling and and the the grebes and the coots and just like lots of, and there's, uh, there's just lots of birds down there. I, I thought, did we hear an Ani while we were there? I don't think so. No, okay, so we didn't hear an Ani. Um, <laughs> but lo- tons of birds, tons of birds down there, which when we when we lived down there, it was not, it was dry. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't anything down there. It wasn't. It was basically you go to the Hawk Tower to look for hawks. You don't yep. look for anything else there because there's not much else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely a huge change in the last like five years. So it's pretty pretty cool. So we got our fill of all the different wet birds that were in that area and load back up some on the dry tour. birds too. Most of the, the I think the birds themselves were actually dry, but they're hanging out near oh, the water. Okay. Um, so then from there we got on the tram, headed back to the entrance, and went to the Butterfly Center. I was particularly excited for this because we. It's 500 feet, no, 1,000 feet from Benson. Something like that. It's super close, but I've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> I had never been, I've never been to the Birding Center, or we've been the going Butterfly to the, Center. We've been going to the Valley for almost 10 years, and we've never been to the Butterfly Center. Yeah, it's it's very embarrassing. We lived in the Valley and never went to the Butterfly Center. It's, we lived like it, four it was miles on, away. It was on your way to work. I know. Like you drove past it twice I drove a day, past it. every single day. I know. For two years. I know. But we went there, finally. Fi- finally, finally went there, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's pretty spectacular. Um, we wandered the trails, um, pretty mosquitoy. So bring some spray or spray before you go in. Yeah. Um, but it, it was awesome. There was there was woodpeckers. There was uh, that we got back to where the there was what is it a um, mulberry? Oh, the mulberry tree. Yeah, the mulberry tree. Yeah, because Just loaded with warblers. Because folks had been seeing an Audubon's Oriole there, yeah. and so we were standing there waiting for an Audubon's Oriole to pop up, which it didn't. No. But yeah, lots of warblers moving through. Um, other migrants. The tanagers and. Um, just so, I wanted to say gross beak, but it wasn't, we didn't have a gross beak. We did have an Ani there though. We had an Ani there. That's where we had an Ani, but it just loaded down with birds. And so we, we had, we had our lunch there 
That's yeah. that's where we were like, okay, this is this is a great spot. We'll just walk down the trail to the picnic table, have our lunch there, and just like soak all of this in. And then everybody was like, well, let's go back to the mulberry tree. So they like wolfed down <laughs> lunch so they could go back into the mulberry yeah. tree and I, check I, I it. Think, I think maybe everyone sat like I didn't push them, but. They sat for probably a grand total of one minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ate all their food, and they were back up and going back to the mulberry tree. Yeah. But really nice trails, uh, nice facilities, definitely a place to stop and, yeah. and check out. And butterflies, too, you know, can be really fantastic there. I, I didn't particularly notice any butterflies, but I was I, so... I noticed a couple, but we were really looking for birds. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> but we were, like, on the lookout for birds, so I probably just passed them. Probably. Yeah, so um, from there, we went went to Ansel Dewis. Um Ansel Dewis is kind of like an ancillary stop. We were kind of waffling about whether or not we wanted to stop there. Online, it said it was closed. We got there, and it was open, so... It had signs that said it was closed, though. But the gates were open, oh, yeah, and the there si- were people in the there. The sign at the highway said it was closed, but then the rest of it was all open, so... I, We don't know, but we, we drove in. Um, we might have broke the law. Who knows? I don't think we broke the law. We talked to some people there, so... <laughs> That's we're, true. We're good. We're, we're in the clear. I did talk to a police officer. Yeah, you talked to a police officer there, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got Lee Grebe on the way in, mm-hmm. um, and then we he- headed in, and there was just so much activity yeah. with... Uh, not bird activity, but lots of people activity. Mm-hmm. Mostly army and police and border patrol and stuff like that. There was there was a Texas there was a bunch of boats that said Texas Highway Commission or whatever. Yeah, I was like why do they have boats? The Texas Highway Commission had a gunboat, the armor plated gunboat that was huge, and it had it had uh, big it had machine guns. It had um, three mounted machine guns, one on the bow, two on um, either side. And it was just like this monstrous, like 40, maybe 50 foot long gunboat. Like, it was like a boat convention there. I mean, yeah. I have never seen so I don't many know. boats in my life. I don't know if they just took it there to wash it or, or what. <laughs> well, they were washing it. They were washing it. But like that boat was so large, you could probably only go maybe one mile upriver. And then you'd run into too many obstru- obstructions. That's so true. I, don't, I have no idea where they were taking that boat or where they had taken that boat. Or if they just wanted to see if it still floated with all that armor. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it, it was just, it was weird. And we, so we talked to them for a few minutes and then we got out of there. Yeah. Because it was like, there's just too much stuff going on. There's no birds. Let's, yeah. let's keep keep on moving. Uh, so we took off down to <clears throat> Quinta Mazalan. We had a participant that we needed to drop off at the McAllen Airport. Yeah. And uh, Quinta Mazalan is, like, literally across the street from that. The airplanes take off right over the park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were like, okay, one last location. We'll show you all Quinta Mazalan. It was kind of a Mission McAllen sampler. You yeah. know, we, we got to go to... That's, some... that's a good one, a sampler. I didn't even think about calling it that. Oh, I always call things samplers. <laughs> Uh, so we decided to stop there real quick because I love Quinta Mazalan. It is just such a neat place. Like it's just beautiful house, beautiful grounds, yeah. and it gets some really good birds. And so we decided to stop there for a few minutes. Everybody in the, the van was like chomping at the bit, like, let's see more birds. Let's see more birds because, <laughs> you know, the time was ticking and we needed to get back to Westlaco. Yeah. Um, so we stopped there for, I mean, probably only like 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, it was, it was probably that. less than that. It was probably like 15 minutes. Yeah. I think I went in, paid, and then we were leaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you all stopped and, and tried to look for some hummingbirds real yeah, quick. Yeah, I, I think we got some buff-bellied. Um, and I think we got buff-bellied and ruby-throated. But uh, very quick, and then it was like, okay, well, we have to we have to drop the one guy off at the airport, and then one another another gal needed to go to the other airport. Yeah. So I was like, we're we're out of time, guys. But this is Quinta Mazatlan. There was also a wedding getting ready to get started, mm-hmm. so 
it was kind of like see how close this is to the airport if you ever need to come if you have a, if you have a layover or if you're because you know lots of layovers in McAllen mm-hmm. oh um, definitely de- tons of layovers yeah in McAllen. when you're flying to Tomalipas <laughs> um, but this this is a great spot it's super close to the airport really easy to get to you can get a taxi or on your way to the airport stop at it for and a just a beautiful location yep. like I said already several times <laughs> um, so we dropped off uh, the participant at the airport said goodbye and. Uh, we headed back to Westlaco. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, same, same story again with the first two days. We go back to the hotel. We cool off for a few minutes, take a shower, get ready, get re re get dressed again, and then go back to Valley nature center to get our dinner. And day night three was, it was like the, the culmination of, uh, of dinners for the thing for, for me at least. Yeah. It was the Mexican fiesta meal. It was a fiesta. It, it, it was it was delicious. It was spectacular. They had elote and vaso. They had which agua is, frescas. Elote and vaso is corn in a cup. Um, so they take corn, cook it up, put it in a cup, but mayonnaise and ch- um, uh, peppers and chilies and just a whole bunch of stuff in there, and you just eat it and it's, it's, it's spectacular. So yeah, oh, but a lot of fijitas. You know, there's rice, beans. Mm-hmm. It was great. Homemade I, t- uh, tortillas. They were homemade tortillas. They were making them right, right in front there. of us. Yeah. So I. I probably ate like thirty tacos. He probably I, did. I, I got I got more. up and back, up and back, up and back. Mike uh, Mike Stewart was the presentation about Greyhawks. I think I got up twice during his presentation to get more tacos. Well, and they had uh, Nopalito tacos. And they, they had Nopalito tacos. They had uh, like everything you could think of. And no, Nopalitos are um, the nopales, which are uh, prickly the pa- pear prickly pear pads, and they're just sliced up and cooked up, and they're. Oh man, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was a great night. Uh, that was kind of the end of the festival. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention the really strong margaritas that oh, Holly was, made. Yeah. That, I, I was driving, so no margaritas for me. <laughs> <laughs> she, she gave us some uh, margaritas to go, which I did not drink that much of because they were so strong. <laughs> I don't know how she managed that. Um, so yeah, just kind of chilled the rest of the night. And enjoy the margaritas. And then the next day was the day we had to head home. Yeah. But fortunately, we had a late flight. Yes. So we were able to enjoy the valley a little bit more. We were able to go around and get nice and sweaty and stinky before getting on the plane. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we... So we hitched a ride from Huck, who gave us the ride from the airport, yeah. to the park initially, and um, he took us down to Estero Yana Grande State Park so we could join John Yoakum for his morning bird walk that he does at the park. Um, always a good time, you know, out with John Yoakum. Yeah. Spend, like, I felt like we spent the whole day with him, um, which is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> it was always fun to hang out with John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he kept referring to us as the celebrities. He's like, oh, I got I some celebrities. I got some out-of-town celebrities here on the walk. And it's like, no, John, you you're, you are the show here. This is... This is your walk and you spectacular job. You know the funny John, thing. John always does a great job. I hope he's listening. I don't know if I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but the, he, John John Yoakum is awesome. The funny thing about that is that he posts on Facebook and Astero's Facebook all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, this celebrity stopped by. And it's always like, <laughs> you know, Greg Miller or yeah, yeah. Sandy Comito or something like that. And uh, he does that, and he, it's always like you know somebody in the bird world that like everybody knows. He called us the celebrities. He's never taken a picture with us. Oh, did he? <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we, yeah, John. What the heck? You didn't you didn't even post about it? You talked about us, but you never posted about us. Gosh, this guy. <laughs> um, we're just teasing. 
Uh, but anyways, great time. I got some fantastic video of Grootfield Ani, uh, a lot of warblers. You know, I think we probably ended that that morning walk with 80 species, 70 or 80 species. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's the cool thing about Ostero is that it has so many different habitats in it. And if you just spend the time, you can, you can get a big day, you know, the same number as you would anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can get like here, here in Oregon, you go around for two days and bird and you get the same number of species as you get for a morning at Estero. Yeah. So. Right. <clears throat> um, so after that we had lunch with Mary, who's mm-hmm. the field trip coordinator for Rio Grande and also spring chirp. Um, we went to Nana's Taqueria. Finally, I got my lunches <laughs> that I'd been waiting for. And then she took us to a couple hidden gem spots around the lower Valley, uh, different fields and little yeah. like forest nooks that we'd never been to before. And uh, really gave us like a taste of like Cameron County a little bit more than we've ever had before. Yeah, like Western Cameron County, the edge. Yeah. And then she got us back to the airport uh, in time for us to head home. So um, as we mentioned about the festival already, it's just like super unique boutique festival. Uh, Definitely wish we could go back next year. Unfortunately, it's kind of timed. Um, So it's the same weekend as Featherfest, and we had already talked to Featherfest about going. So um, pending that, you know, (laughs) uh, we would love to be at Spring Chirp again. Yeah, so kind of for those in the know or those that don't know and want to know, Texas, and particularly the whole United States, in April and May, is so busy with festivals. Mm-hmm. It literally, you, you could go to a different festival in a different state or probably a different festival in the same state every single week, weekend of April and May. Yeah. And just, it's just so busy. It's very, it's very hard to plan other when you're, when you're hosting a festival. So mm-hmm. it have this year, 2020, 2022, it, they were on different weekends. They're on, on subsequent weekends, but 2023 Featherfest and spring chirp are on the same weekend. Yeah. So unfortunately they got scheduled at the same time. They're both, they're all trying to avoid other festivals. So yeah. everyone's trying to, there's so many things. It's, it's impossible to not have conflicts. Well, there's also the birdiest week. In... Birdiest week in Galveston. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 sorry. That's in, um, Corpus. Uh, Corpus. Um, so like all these festivals are all trying not to overlap. They're trying to do their darndest not to overlap, but, but there's only so many, there's only so many weekends, (laughs) so many migrations. Yeah. So, so there's, there's going to be conflicts and and there is next year and it's, it's fine. Yeah. I just, I really wanted to go to Featherfest because you know, we've, we've seen it so many times. We were so close to it and we never, we never participated. Well, also many times we've done the great Texas birding classic. We've been at like Lafitte's Cove at the same time a Featherfest trip is going through it. And it's like, well, it'd be fun to do that too. (laughs) So that's our plan for next year. Um, but you know, we hope at least the next year we'll be at spring chirp again. Yeah. I I would definitely love to go. I would love to go to spring chirp again. Yeah. Um, it's just a really fun environment and I feel like it's just such a unique festival cause you really get to interact with everybody because of its, its small size. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like we all got to be good friends and, and know each other really well. And, um, yeah, it was a unique experience. I'm glad we had. Yeah. So we, we want to put a huge, huge, huge thank you to all the Valley Nature staff, the Valley Nature Center staff, to Holly Johnston, to um, Mary Gustafson, just everyone that made that event happen. Cause it was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I thought from, from a, a guide's perspective working it, it was, it, 
It was it was awesome. Yeah, I feel like we didn't know everything we, was taken care of. It was it was great. We, we didn't really know what we were getting into, yeah. and uh, yeah, it totally exceeded our expectations that yeah. we had. So thank you all for for that, and thank you all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to us. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Our Facebook page is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Our Twitter is at We Go Birding. Our TikTok is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Or you can email us at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, which is GoBirdingPodcast.com, and you can tell us what you think and share the love of birding with others.